Hey, strangers, welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. I am Krista, and with me this week are two of my bestest friends in the world, Rhonda Rue and Curdy Kurt. Those Hi. are their official names. <laughs> I do get Kurt called Curdy Kurt a lot, you actually. Do. You do. Rhonda, hi. Hello. You may recognize Rhonda's voice from our EVP. Okay, the she EVP was on the episode. EVP episode, and she was on the Lake Michigan, Lake Michigan Triangle, Triangle episode. Yes, 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 yes. Coming cool. back to join us. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me again, you guys. We're excited Anytime. to have you. Do we have any housekeeping? We do. Oh, we got shout outs. Housekeeping. Okay. Shout outs first to our new strangers, and those are Connor Orheim, who is one of my best friend Jim Orheim's sons, and he loves the podcast. What is up, Connor? He sent, sent me a picture yesterday that he put our logo on as his phone wallpaper no so he really likes the podcast i think connor's is, got a sticker yeah, coming his way i think he does too nice. he sent me that picture and i was like dude i should have done that i should have that as our <laughs> my wallpaper Duh. on my phone so, <laughs> i don't <laughs> so glad that you listen connor happy to have you with us yes and our other two new strangers are alan watling and amber bridges thank you so much guys for Welcome. joining the strangers and that's it for shout outs does anybody have any personal shout outs well, Anybody? I'd like to shout out to Brittany. Brittany. BDZ. BDZ. She's an Advent listener. And um, Jamie, our buddy Jamie. Um, trying to composed oh. our music, by the yes. way. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Awesome music. Uh, I know my cousin Sarah uh, listens quite a lot. And she one does. more. I remember. Yeah. I just Is always that, remember that she I was. I met them at your home. Yes. Okay. She was your like, biggest... once she heard Krista's voice, she was like, oh yeah, my God. She was like so starstruck <laughs> for sure. So weird. And lastly, too, um, my, I like to call her my stepdaughter, Amanda. Awesome. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. So cool. Hey, how's it working out with, uh, I know we only had one episode, but putting the timestamp of when we actually get to the Nobody topic. really said anything, okay. but I think, I, think we that's need, good. I think we need to do it. Yeah. I think we do need to do that. Yeah. So if you're just tuning in, check the show notes um, on your podcast app. It'll tell you when the actual topic starts. If you're not interested in the titillating 20 that involves a taste test. Yes. And Speaking just random of. talk about weather. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking we of which, last week was nuts. Oh my God. Wednesday and Thursday. It was like, 70 I, degrees on Monday, and by Wednesday, we had, what, a snowstorm coming through? <laughs> yes. And then sleet and fog and a Pretty sleet much storm. No, a thunder, thunder sleet. We had thunder sleet. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, we had thunder sleet, thunder snow. It was nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. And like I said, I uh, was thinking maybe we could have made it here Thursday afternoon because it kind of cleared up, but then people on Facebook were posting stuff about how icy the highway was, yeah. and it's like, nope. We made the right call. We can wait. And then Rhonda was able to join yes. us because we waited. So yes. it all worked. So yeah. everything worked out good, except for you guys having to wait a week. You for... might not feel that way once we do this taste test, from what I understand. Taste <laughs> test is going to be gnarly. It's going to be a rough ride. It's going to be. Last week's was, or last episode was amazing. The sponge I might be candy and Corey's uh, butterscotch beer. Oh, that was so good. That was our best was taste so test. So we went from our best Very taste test. Very close second to Bridget's biscuits. That yes. sounds so kinky, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I love Bridget's biscuits. I'm just going to say that. But yeah, we're going from like one of our best taste tests to one that actually I'm Might like... Might be up there with our worst. I'm, Great. I'm, I'm a, nervous. I'm Speaking afraid. of, are we diving into that right now? Or no, what? we are doing okay. housekeeping. Oh, we have housekeeping. I uh, just okay. want to say that people really seem to like the Captain Coochie's Key Lime Pie story, which you I love. You just loved. like saying it. I do. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, I thought people would be like iffy about it because mm. like I said last time, uh, internet mysteries are kind of a crapshoot because you don't know if people are going to like them or not. I but think they're really interesting. People did. And I, I heard from a lot of people that after that story, they went on 
the internet and were like researching it themselves and went nice. down that rabbit hole pretty hard. Yeah. Didn't somebody contact us saying they actually lived? Yeah. Are we going to talk yes. about that? No, because he said he emailed me back and said that he found out that it was actually there, that Captain oh, Cookies was actually there. <laughs> but it's weird because some people say that they don't think it was there and some people say that they think it was. And this guy grew up right there. Yeah. Oh, so yep. funny. That was... And initially said it wasn't there, and now he's saying it was there. Yeah, that was Russ. That was our listener, okay. Russ. And hey, man, we understand. Nobody can figure it out. No, but I like. there's people that swear that it's never been there, that That's have lived there. I think there. it's like a Mandela But there's traces thing. of it online, so I don't know. I, don't that, know. I mean, there's there's like phone numbers for it and stuff, so it's just weird. It, 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 weird. it did exist. And we had Dash try to pretend to be Captain Coochie. He but us. Like I said, being the expert Coochieologist that I am, I was like, something <laughs> didn't smell right. That sounds so demented. That pie did not smell right. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> but um, bum I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. what you did there. So, yeah. So, I'm glad people like that story. We have a package from Eric Orheim oh, yeah. to open that showed up in our P.O. box. Who wants the honors? You know how I struggle with packages. Do it. Do it. <laughs> So you're going to open it, Krista. It has some weight to it. It feels like a CD. Maybe. Or DVD. Maybe. There's probably like clear instructions that say how to open this. I'm just going to start ripping shit. I think you're doing Oops, good. I swore. That's I'm okay. Sorry. sorry, little ears. Little listener ears. Little strangers. We dropped the occasional Ooh, it's S-bomb. a book. Oh, that's awesome. 101 pickle jokes. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we got to tell a couple. Thank you. Bob Blassick's 100. I got to take a picture. Bob Blassick? This is hilarious. Thank you, Eric. Where did he find this? I don't know. Oh, there's so many things. Oh, That is awesome. This is like some vintage stuff. I love that the cover is a pickle. Like, oops. I'm just off the ball today. Thank you, Eric. Just edit all this out. There we go. It's a pickle dressed up like a cowboy, and he's shooting at us, clearly. That is a cool picture. Are we That's telling awesome. a joke? Of course we have to. Not like page long, right? Okay. Do a quick one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> These are dumb. Where do you usually find pickles? Where? The same place you left them. Oh. Wow. <laughs> what is green and gets chased by dogs? What? A pickle puss. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I like we that one. We should tell one of these per episode. We should. A pickle joke every oh episode. Should... One more. One more. Who does the boy cucumber dig the most? Who? The pickle dish. This has to be like from the 50s <laughs> because nobody calls anybody a dish anymore. It looks like retro. It does. Oh, my God. Some of these are terrible. 1974. I was four years old. Wow. I wasn't born yet. Wow. wow. Two years later. My parents should have got me that Where when I was four this? years old. Okay. We have to read. Oh, there's a flying pickle on the back. Let's take a picture <laughs> it's a of that. bat pickle. A <laughs> bat pickle. Okay. Sweet. Pickle Anybody joke every episode. Pickle joke every so. episode. For sure. Well, we have one. so many people recommending pickle snacks and stuff on the <sighs> Some strangers of it, page. Like the pickle cotton candy yeah. made Nauseating. me gag a little bit. Ooh. That's just made me gag a little bit. The pickle cotton candy. No. I would still try it. Ugh. Sweet and pickles should not be Shane, together. I think Shane is the one who I said, oh, I don't think I would try it. Maybe I'd try the that, chips? but probably not. And he's like, you will if I send it to you. <laughs> I know. I That's like, like Dash. Oh, That's like Dash okay. just posted on Facebook about his super hot sauce he made. Oh, and he boy. wants our address. He's going to send like, like I said, on, if, if we put it on a cracker. Yeah, like I don't want to eat it with like a If I know it's going to be super hot and I have like liquids ready to be consumed. Chicken. 
No, I would. I would. I'd, I'll be good if I know it's going to be spicy. Okay. I won't be all, you know, offended. You'll be crying. I'll be, I'll be crying about it. The hot sauce. Oh boy. And we have and one whiny. one and other whiny. super exciting piece of housekeeping. Ooh. So get a piece of paper and a pencil ready. Like me. Or get your phone out and get into the contacts. Or even go to a tattoo parlor and get ready to have this tattooed on your forearm. <laughs> I have no idea where I he's going. Said foreskin. <laughs> Don't get a tattooed on your foreskin. <laughs> I almost said that. Get a tattooed on your forearm. Alrighty then. <laughs> We might have to put some kind of explicit warning on this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I totally where, where are you going say. with this, Kurt, about tattooing our force? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? This is fun. We now have the Strange <gasps> Sessions hotline. Right, I is forgot. Um, oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's nothing extravagant. It is a Google Voice number. Have you tried calling it? Or yeah. Doing? Oh, yeah. It is a Google Voice number. So and it, when you go to it, it's going to say right away, this Google Voice user is not available because otherwise it would ring my phone every time somebody calls oh, because it's gotcha. connected to my phone number. Sure. So I have it set to do not disturb my phone. So when you call there, it'll say this Google Voice user is not available. But that is the Strange Sessions hotline. If you would like to call and just say hey or tell us a story or anything, after you leave the voicemail message, it will get sent to my email as an MP3, and we can put it right into the podcast. Yes. If you don't want it on the podcast, though, if you want Let to us share know. something, just say, please don't share this on the podcast. Uh, right now, if you want to leave us something, go ahead, but we're going to be hitting you up for messages, Member which stories? will be our... Member stories. Listener stories. <laughs> Listener stories, which will be our official 50th episode. Oh, my gosh. Which crazy. blows my mind. That's, that's so exciting, crazy. you guys. Yeah. So awesome. for now, get ready to put this into your phone or wherever like i need to write our it phone down. number rhonda is waiting for me because she's got waiting. her phone out Wait. our phone number for the strange sessions hotline is 920-443-9602 so again it's 920-443-9602 exactly all right as Rhonda and I say this into our phone. Feel free to give us calls with stories. Give us drunk, drunken rambling calls. Drunk, drunk calls. <laughs> give us whatever you want. If it's good, we'll put it on the air. If it's not good, we'll put it on the air anyway. <laughs> sure. That is so exciting. I forgot that you set that up. So very cool. Because a couple people have asked about that. If, there, if we had like a phone number or something like that. So now we do. Well, and it makes it easier for people who want to do the yeah. um, listener stories who maybe aren't tech savvy or yeah, don't have a, they can just call a handheld and talk. recorder. Yeah. What was weird is that I couldn't get a Manitowoc number. It's it's actually in Reedsville. Oh, weird. Yeah, which is weird. But it'll still go to my phone and my email. I can check it on my phone. Oh, I love it. I'm so excited. Yep. So give us a call. Nothing scary. Scarier the better. <laughs> Scarier the better. And I think that's really it for housekeeping. Speaking of scary, is it Speak- time for our taste test? It's time for our taste test. And Corey got us this when him and his family were... Thanks, Corey. ...were on their trip to Florida. And all I'm going to say is Rhonda is a very good guesser. Oh, yes. Because we were talking about what it might be, and Rhonda completely guessed it. <laughs> oh. Is there chocolate involved, at least? There is no chocolate oh, involved. Oh, come on. So, so it's bugs. There's two boxes. Oh no! And this is gonna. I want to see if you guys are gonna are try they it. Huge. I really think you guys are gonna try it, but I could see you guys wussing out. So crunchy or slimy? Crunchy. Oh, if they're crunchy, I think I can handle it. Oh my god! <gasps> crickets, sour cream and onion crickets. Oh, I can't look at it. <laughs> worm snacks, barbecue worm snacks. Let me see yours. They're little grub worms, oh, like little dried these. grub worms. 
Actually, I've always kind of wanted to try a cricket. I mean, I'm going to try them, but I have I'm eaten, not happy. I have, <laughs> You're not happy. I have no. eaten a cricket snack before, but I, be- I believe the one I had was bacon or something weird like they're that. They're supposed to be really high in protein, yeah, I have to say. But they're nasty looking. It looks they like are. a little dead, dried cricket. Well, it is. And they're so. all falling apart in the box. <laughs> Do you get a legs caught in your teeth? I don't know. We're going to find out. If I get cricket Original legs, worm snacks, it says. If I get cricket legs stuck in my teeth, would you, one of you be a good friend and tell me? Yes, of course. <laughs> we'll you tell got you a cricket have, leg hanging. If you have cricket leg hanging okay. out of your Thank tooth. You. Oh, good. They even break down like drumstick, rump, plank, <laughs> wings, and breast of the cricket. Wow. I'm taking the picture for posterity. So what flavor are the crickets? The crickets are sour, sour cream, cream and, and onion. onion. Mm, and the... Worms. These are not fish flavored fish flavored crickets. Yes. No, that would be tragic. Wow, I oh, I'm, I'm, it. I'm uh, like legitimately kind. You did guess it as soon as you said insects. I, could I was tell like, by the look on your face. I was like, wow. in it's like, I'm close. All right, what are we going to start with? Should we start with one and then move on yes. to the other? Yes. I'm, I'm, that? that was me being scared. That was me trying to psych rolling. myself up because I am really. <laughs> I'll probably. I'm drop this and we'll have dead. I'm surprisingly hesitant everywhere. about this, considering that I have eaten one of these before. Now I know why you got the big jug of water. That's why I got a big jug of water so and my coffee. Ugh. They're like... Just close your eyes and I imagine know. it's a corn nut. Oh my God. A corn nut. Oh, I'm horrified right now. I'm horrified. <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty big. Holy crap. I mean, <laughs> I like can see like every part of it. Yep. It's like... Take a picture of the actual oh, cricket. Holy... Okay. <laughs> I will just take a little one to start with. Oh, here. That one's for you, Kurt. <laughs> I cannot believe I'm going to eat this thing. Corey, I'm not sure you should be our intern anymore. <laughs> I'm just saying. He did give us a really good butter beer, though, that we had last time. He should have given us that second. <laughs> oh, are you guys ready? I am. Are you I'm just like... taking a tiny little bite? I'm he putting eyes. I'm putting There's it all eyes. in. I'm putting it all in. Hold on, I need to take a picture of the eyeballs. I'm having my coffee. Because I at cannot the ready. believe I'm about to eat something that has eyes attached. Come on. I told you this. We we went from the best taste test to this. How do I get in there? And I'm actually kind of nervous about this one. Sorry to prolong the torture. Well, there we go. Ugh. I'm gonna close my eyes. I'm not gonna look at it when I pop it in my mouth. Good idea. Ready. Ready? One, One two, two, three. three. <laughs> that was surprisingly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it tasted like a really dry corn nut. Yeah, like, or like that pistachio that you get in the shell that's kind of burnt and gross. You know what I'm talking about? One? Just a little one. Wow, Rhonda likes Rhonda's it. Rhonda's going in for seconds. All right, I got to wash that down with water and possibly a Reese's dipped pretzel. <laughs> The heck with your diet. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't expecting to add bugs to my diet today. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. No. I'll do, okay. another one. I'll do another one. It's very, very crunchy. I don't know one that's big, big one. The one positive is I can't discern one part of it from another. No, it was it's just, just kind of like, crunchy bite. it kind of just right, crunches. Do I'll do the big one. You're going to do the big one? Look at this big one. I should take a picture of you guys doing this. Ready? Oh, ready. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually taking a video. Ugh. It's really not that bad. It's not, but when it pops into your head what it is. <laughs> Thank God for the sour cream and onion flavoring. That one felt a little like 
Harry. <laughs> Harry? Harry. I didn't get any hair from the first one. All right. We got to rate this bad boy before we eat these this larvae over here. Original worm snacks. We're rating the cricket? Well, we have to. It's a taste test. Would you crumble it on a salad? <laughs> I'd, I would crumble I, it on a salad. If it were dipped in chocolate, I would totally eat that. I think you could crumble it on a salad because you probably wouldn't realize right. what it was. It tasted just like kind of stale. I don't think it had like... Yeah. There was not a lot of sour cream and onion flavoring. No, there wasn't. I'd give it a four. It wasn't horrible, but... I'm giving it a two just because I can't get past what it is. No. I think this is almost going to be I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> I mean, it's a... I'm, I'm proud of you guys. I am proud of you guys for doing this. I, I questioned whether or not you guys were going to do it. I can eat fish-flavored paper. I can eat some larvae. <laughs> okay. I should take a close look. Now I feel like I got a leg caught in my teeth or something oh, gross like that. Great. I'm waiting for these to move. <gasps> these have little oh, legs okay. on them, too. Ugh. They have legs on them? They have like little bitty legs. Yes. I have to zoom in now. Oh. I can't believe I'm I think it's the it. thought more. It is more the thought. 100%. More the thought. Survivor one. man eats this stuff oh, all the time. And these are barbecue. Yes, he eats them alive too. Yeah. <laughs> They're like squirming around, fighting to get away while he's chewing I'm on take them. Take a couple right away, you know. Rhonda is all about this. Down the hatch, yeah. Maybe I'll Wait. take a selfie before. I know. I, now I feel like I do I like fix my hair. I've got like legs or yep cricket parts floating around in my mouth. I am doing two of them at a time. Yeah. Wow. I'm just popping Hard two in, and then I am done with the insects. <laughs> okay, ready? One, one two, two, three. three. I don't know if I like that one. I don't know if I like no, that one. No, there were crunchier bits and it's softer like bits. It's like you can feel their shell. Nope. It's like you can feel. Better, yep, though. you can feel their shell. Nope. Nope. Oh, those do taste better. They have more barbecue flavor than no. the other ones had. Sour nope. cream and onion. <laughs> Gross. I am, I am noping on those. Ah, I don't like that shell. I'm washing <laughs> it down with a uh, oh peanut butter God. chocolate pretzel. Ooh. Okay, you guys got my respect. You guys did it. Oh, that's much better. Mm. Was that her grossest taste test? No. I'm sorry. Some of that canned fish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not feeling the worst. This was our Some weirdest. Of those this was jelly our weirdest. Probably were our weirdest one. It was weird. It definitely hands down our weirdest taste test. I don't like the worms. I love that we all. <laughs> Made the same scrunchy face <laughs> and chewed with our mouth open so we wouldn't have to actually taste it. Yep. True story. Oh yeah. Do you want to resist? Yes, please. I'm giving I'm giving that one a one. Just I'm for giving the barbecue that one a, flavor. I'm giving that one a two. I would say I would say two as well. Oh. All right. Woo. Should I add that to my fitness pal calculator? (laughs) You see if crickets and grub worms are on there. (laughs) Oh, you've exceeded your protein for the day. (laughs) Reese's dipped pretzels never tasted so good. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, they are. Wow, we are pretty good. We're at like 20 minutes, 40 seconds. Our titillating 20 is getting pretty good. We'll leave the rest of these insects for Jeff and Joe. Yeah, for Corey. (laughs) Corey Yeah, I think Corey should have We should have had Corey on when we tried those. Here, we can put them back in the take boxes, them back. too. Say thank you, Corey. Okay. Thank you, Corey. Rest of our We have some more stuff for Corey. From? From Corey coming on okay. the taste tests. Nothing like this. Okay. I'm mad at Corey. <laughs> 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 okay, so what are we talking about today, Curdy Kurt? Today, we are talking about alien abduction. Abduction? Abduction. 
as opposed to abduction. What do you mean? <laughs> Isn't it abduction? Alien I abduction? Say abduction. I do, I do as well. Abduction. abduction. Okay, we're talking about alien abduction. <laughs> abduction. Abs. <laughs> In the reduction. I need another drink. <laughs> alien ab reduction. That sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last day of the week before a long weekend and i'm just like giddy yeah we're it's we're weird today there's like a weird vibe i think i got spring fever and twitter pated that's from bambi that we, yeah that and i ate bugs so. spring you know all right uh-huh. let's let's dive into this alien abduction and here we go okay. alien abductions <laughs> a roper you got <laughs> do i really kurt has bug in his teeth oh, i got bug in my teeth <laughs> <laughs> Hot coffee is probably not the way to uh, clean out your teeth. <laughs> sorry. It looks like something dark in your furniture. Okay, is I think that... I'm good now. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody wants to walk around with cricket in their teeth, yeah. you know. Yeah. Or look more like we're but Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Here we go. <laughs> A Roper poll conducted between July and September of 1991 suggests that millions of American men women and children believe they may have experienced UFO abductions or abduction-related phenomena. But this poll is often contested. It's hard to get an accurate count, but many unofficial reports say that at least 20% of Americans believe in alien abduction, while 5-6% to 6% of Americans believe that they have been abducted. That's a lot of people. Wait, in the world or in the United States? United States. Jeez. Because there are... Let me Google... There are 327.2 million people in America. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. So you figure 1% of that is 3 million. So that's a lot of people that think they may have been abducted. And that's even going low. That's lowballing it because most polls say 5 to 6% and that's only one half of 1%. So there's a lot of people out there. Well, okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. So the, the whole point is half of these people could just be answering it that way to be stupid. Well, Play yeah, a but joke I mean, even, or whatever. Yeah, even if, even if it's even if, only even if it's one half of one half of one percent, that's still, still seven hundred and fifty buttload of people, seven hundred fifty thousand people. It's wow. a lot of people. It's a lot. Yeah. While there are stories of abduction type phenomena throughout history, most researchers say that what we know today as alien abduction started in the forties and fifties. We were in the midst of the space age, and sci-fi literature was soaring in popularity with human alien encounters a recurring theme. In July of 1946, Planet Comics ran a strip in which aliens used a luminous tractor beam to kidnap a voluptuous female earthling who they called Specimen 9. They tell her that the abduction is part of, quote, Project Survival, and they steer their spaceship towards what looks like Saturn. Likewise, in 1954, a comic strip appearing in the British tabloid at the Daily Express detailed the alien abduction of a Royal Air Force pilot. More and more abduction stories started to appear in sci-fi novels and comic books. Then, in 1954, two Venezuelan teenagers claimed to have stumbled upon a spaceship in the woods near their village. They reported that small, hairy aliens attacked them and injured one of the boys before they were able to beat the creatures back using an unloaded rifle as a club and escape to safety. According to Luis Gonzalez, a UFO expert and skeptic based in Argentina, A magazine article describing this alleged incident seems to have triggered the first alien abduction claim three years later. I've never heard of a hairy alien before. I've never heard of a hairy alien before. I mean, aside from the tie between Bigfoot and aliens. But But I thought that was weird, too. 
So then on October 14, 1957, 23-year-old Brazilian farmer Antonio Villas Boas was out farming his fields around 10 o'clock at night with his brother when they both witnessed an extremely bright light a little over 300 feet above their heads. Antonio, leaving his brother behind, set out to investigate. As he got closer, it, quote, suddenly darted away at tremendous speed to the opposite end of the field. He approached it again, and again it darted away back to where it had originally been. This maneuver was repeated no less than 20 times. At last discouraged, Boas returned to his brother. Boas said, quote, The light kept still for a few moments longer in the distance. Now and again it seemed to throw forth rays in all directions, the same as the setting sun, sparkling. Then it suddenly disappeared as if it had been shut off. The next night, Antonio was out farming by himself when the light returned. This time it landed near him, and Boas claimed that three or four small creatures wearing suits and helmets surrounded him and forced him into the ship. The aliens conducted a series of experiments on Boas, including taking samples of his body tissue, exposing him to a gas that made him violently ill, and compelling him to have sexual intercourse with a female alien who Boas said was very attractive with blonde hair and blue cat-like eyes. It's kind of hot. <laughs> there are reports by Boas that go into great detail about this session with the female alien, but I can't really get into those accounts because they're, they'd get us marked explicit. Talk about a strange Take session. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> and this encounter ends with the female reportedly smiling at the farmer, pointing to her stomach, and then pointing to the sky. She's not preggers with a farmer baby? That's basically okay. what, That's basically what that is hinting at. Or she was thanking the Lord, her savior, for getting pregnant. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> but yeah, she reportedly smiled at the farmer, pointed to her stomach, and then pointed to the sky. Then. After this, the creatures took the farmer on a tour of the ship, pointing things out and making animalistic grunting noises and speaking in their unknown language. When this was done, the creatures motioned for Boas to descend the ladder back down to the ground, and they pointed towards the sky, much like the female had pointed. Boas exited the ship, which then lifted off the ground, rose into the sky, and flew off at a great speed. It was now 5.30 in the morning, and Boas estimated that he had been aboard the ship for a little over four hours. A lot of people believe that the story was totally fabricated by Antonio. They point out that for all their technological advances, the farmer described the aliens as still using rope ladders on board their ship. <laughs> And that the, dra the drawings of the UFO made by Boas greatly resembled the Russian Sputnik satellite that had been in the news, mm. and that Boas mentioned reading the 1954 article about the two teenage boys that had an encounter with aliens. Mm. So people are like super on the fence about whether or not this was legit. Right. Then in 1961, one of the most famous cases of alien abduction took place. On September 19, 1961, around 10.30 p.m., Barney and Betty Hill were driving back to Portsmouth, New Hampshire after a vacation in Niagara Falls in Montreal. We covered this in Paranormal Palaver now. Now that you, you say didn't that, remember totally... it? No. <laughs> <laughs> the Hills had completely run out of money to stay anywhere, so they decided to just drive through the night and reach their home around 3 o'clock a.m. Around 10.30 p.m., just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, Betty witnessed a strange light in the sky. The couple pulled over into a picnic area to get a better idea of what the light was. Betty's first thought was that it was a shooting star until she realized that it was moving upwards and changing its course. Barney suspected that it was a commercial airplane traveling towards Vermont. However, he soon changed his mind when he saw the craft rapidly descend in his direction without turning. This observation caused Barney to realize, quote, this object that was a plane was not a plane. 
The couple got back into their car and back onto the road, freaking out that this object appeared to be getting closer and closer to them. Betty's sister had believed that she had recently seen a UFO, so that's what Betty began to believe that it was. The Hills became increasingly more afraid as it became clear that the object was indeed tracking them and that it was getting closer and closer to their car. Finally, the craft, which was described as a pancake-like disc glowing with brilliant white light, was close enough that it forced Barney to stop the car on the highway. Barney and Betty got out of their car to look at the craft. While the craft hovered nearly directly in front of them, using his binoculars, Barney claimed to have seen about 8 to 11 humanoid figures peering out of the craft's windows looking at him. In unison, all but one of the figures moved to what appeared to be a panel on the rear wall of the hallway that encircled the front portion of the ship. The one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and telepathically communicated a message telling him to, quote, stay where you are and keep looking. Barney instead turned and started running back to the car, yelling to Betty, quote, they're going to capture us. They jumped back into the car, and Barney drove away at high speed, telling Betty to keep an eye on the object. She rolled down her window to look for the ship. Almost immediately, the hills heard a rhythmic series of beeping or buzzing sounds that seemed to come from the car's trunk. The car vibrated strangely, and a tingling sensation passed through the hills' bodies, filling them with drowsiness. They continued to drive home, feeling like something had just happened, but having no memory of what it was. Hmm. I love that their names are Barney and Betty. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) When they finally got home to Portsmouth at dawn, they were groggy and noticed that their watches had stopped working. Barney's shoes were strangely scuffed, and Betty's dress was ripped. There were two hours of the drive that neither of the two could remember. Oh boy. Everything after seeing the craft was a fragmented blur. They also noticed shiny concentric circles on their car's trunk that had not been there the previous day. Betty and Barney experimented with a compass, noting that when they moved it close to the spots, the needle would whirl rapidly, but when they moved it away from the spots, it would settle down. Over the next few years, Betty suffered from disturbing dreams about being examined by aliens on a UFO, and Barney developed an ulcer and severe anxiety. The couple finally decided to seek mental help. The two met with Benjamin Simon, a psychiatrist and neurologist who specialized in hypnosis. Between January and June 1964, under hypnosis, they recounted the story of what had happened that night. After running back to the car on the night of the sighting and driving off, something landed on the trunk of the Hill's car, putting them into an altered state. Barney recalled driving the car away from the UFO, but that afterwards he felt strangely compelled to pull off the highway and drive down a dirt road in the woods. Driving down the dark dirt road, the headlights illuminated six beings standing in the road. The car stalled and three of the beings approached the car. They told Barney not to fear them. He was still nervous, however, and he reported that the leader told Barney to close his eyes. While hypnotized, Barney said, quote, I feel like their eyes had pushed into my eyes. Both Betty and Barney stated that they hadn't observed the beings' mouths moving when they communicated in English with them. Afterward, gray beings walked them up a long ramp and onto a spacecraft. Once inside, the hills were separated, taking turns in an examination room that had curved walls and a large light hanging from the ceiling. Each of them was asked to climb onto a metal table. The table was so short that Barney's legs hung over the side. Unlike Betty, Barney's narrative of the exam was not very detailed as he continued to keep his eyes closed for most of the exam out of fear. 
A cup-like device was placed over his genitals, and Barney suspected that was used to take a sperm sample. The strange being scraped his skin and peered into his ears and mouth. A thin tube or cylinder was inserted into his anal canal and quickly removed. One of the creatures felt his spine and seemed to be counting his vertebrae. That's really creepy. Yeah, it is really creepy. This is, alien abduction is one of those things that kind of creep me out. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. We joke about it, but... I know, I know, but it's legitimately uh, creepy. Under hypnosis, Betty's account was similar to the events of her five dreams about the UFO abduction. Betty exhibited considerable emotional distress during her capture and examination, the doctor ending one session early because tears were running down her cheeks. During the examinations... The beings removed the couple's clothing, plucked strands of their hair, took clippings of their nails, and scraped their skin. Each sample was placed on a slide-like glass object. Needles connected to long wires probed their heads, arms, legs, and spines. One large needle around four to six inches long was inserted into Betty's belly, which left her twisting in pain. After Betty's examination, when left alone with the leader of the beings, Betty asked the creature where it was from, admitting that she knew almost nothing of the universe. The being joked with her, saying, quote, If you don't know where you are, there wouldn't be any point in telling you where I am. Later, under hypnosis, she drew a star map shown to her on the ship. Although she said the map had many stars, she drew only those that stood out in her memory. Her map consisted of 12 prominent stars connected by lines and three lesser ones that formed a distinctive triangle. She said she was told that the stars connected by solid lines formed trade routes, whereas the dashed lines were two less traveled stars. In 1968, Marjorie Fish of Oak Harbor, an elementary school teacher and amateur astronomer, became intrigued by Betty's star map. Fish constructed a three-dimensional model of nearby sun-like stars using thread and beads, basing stellar distances on those published in the 1969 Glee Star Catalog. Studying thousands of vantage points over several years, the only one that seemed to match the hill map was from the viewpoint of the double star system of Zeta Reticuli. Noted astronomer Carl Sagan dismissed the map as nonsense, while others considered it undeniable proof that the hills had been abducted. I'm sorry, Rhonda and I just burped up bug, and it's pretty gross. (laughs) Kurt doesn't have that problem. No. Because he can't burp. Uh, Sometimes I'm happy I can't burp. Not so good coming back up. lucky, no. It was horrible going down. It's worse. Yep. But yeah, if you research Betty and Barney Hill, you see uh, show up a lot about this Zeta Zeta Reticuli star system. Okay. And people said that she couldn't have known that that's what that star system looked like. Hmm. So, but then other people said it was... Malarkey. Malarkey. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to think of a good way to put that. From the start, there was a lot of scoffing, ridiculing, and debunking about the Hill case. Psychiatrists later suggested that the supposed abduction was a hallucination brought on by the stress of being an interracial couple in America in the early 60s. Okay, Do that's you, malarkey. That's malarkey. That is a load of bunk. Mm-hmm. The United States Air Force believed the Hills were actually seeing the planet Jupiter. A local said he was able to replicate the UFO sighting and said that it was caused by a street lamp. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Okay. Other, other military officials said that the lights were probably weather balloons. Another local resident of the area concluded that the episode was caused by their misperceiving of an aircraft warning beacon light on Cannon Mountain as a flashing UFO. The only thing they're trying to explain is the object in the sky, I know, not and the not abduction. what happened to them. Yep. Right. The remainder of the experience is attributed to stress, sleep deprivation, and false memories, quote, recovered under hypnosis. Oh but whether or not the incident actually happened, it set the standard for alien abductions, and it really did. I mean, okay. everything, almost all the abductions that come after that almost follow all of that. 
the examination, the yeah. room yep. with the curved walls, yep. the t- yeah, everything. Yep. There are some notable abduction cases, such as Travis Walton or the Allagash abductions, etc., but we will discuss those in another episode. We'll probably also do an episode that is just stories of alien abductions, because I read some really creepy ones. Okay. So we'll do another... This is just a basic overview of alien abductions. Bud Hopkins had been interested in UFOs for some years. In the 1970s, he became interested in abduction reports and began using hypnosis to extract more details of dimly remembered events. Hopkins soon became a figurehead in the growing abductee subculture. The 1980s brought a major degree of mainstream attention to the subject. Works by Hopkins, historian David M. Jacobs, and psychiatrist John E. Mack presented alien abduction as a genuine phenomenon, while the 1987 book Communion by Whitley Strieber brought abduction theory to the mainstream. And the thing about uh, Whitley Strieber, is it Strieber? Yeah, Whitley Strieber's book Communion is that Everybody knows the cover of that book. Oh, really? That's like a big thing is that if you, do you know what the cover of the book? It's just the gray alien. It's just like a. Oh, sure. Uh, You know, like I'll show you. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of people, including myself, remember the first time they saw that, that it was just like really, I don't know what to say, like powerful. Mm-hmm. It was just really weird. It was really weird that a lot of people. Some people theorize that the whole idea of gray aliens came solely from that picture. He's kind of yellow. Yeah, but <laughs> that's, where, that's where a lot of people Grays. believe that. But I was reading a... Somebody did a... Uh, what word am I looking for? Somebody did a poll on their blog just okay. asking, when you saw... The first time you saw the cover of the book Communion, what was your reaction? And he had like... I think 10 different choices. And the one that won by a huge margin was people saying, I don't think I've ever been abducted by aliens, but there was something very disconcerting about that picture. Sure. Like a lot of people feel something about that picture. And I remember I did the first time I saw it. Hmm. The cover painting of an alien was done by Ted Seth Jacobs. The painting is considered one of the most widely recognized popular culture images of an alleged gray alien. Jacobs recounts, quote, The painting was painted in my small apartment on East 83rd Street in New York City. Whitley sat with me first for a drawing of the alien. As I sketched, he would indicate how to change the portrait so that it would more match what he saw. It was, I believe, the process used by police sketch artists. Every last detail was corrected according to his instructions. At one point, he said the image corresponded exactly to what he had seen. With Whitley beside me for the subsequent session, I began to paint the image on a wooden prepared panel, going through the same process as for the drawing, until Whitley finally said the image was exact. And that image just pops up everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a big part of the alien abduction thing, is that image. Why that picture is so powerful to people, I don't know, but it really is. You see a lot of stuff about that online. Also of note in the 1980s was the publication of folklorist Dr. Thomas E. Bullard's comparative analysis of nearly 300 alleged abductees. With the ongoing research by Hopkins, Jacob, and Mack, accounts of alien abduction became a prominent aspect of ufology. There had been earlier abduction reports, the hills being the best known, but they were believed to be few and far between and saw rather little attention from UFO researchers and even less attention from mainstream professionals or academics. Jacobs and Hopkins argued that alien abduction was far more common than earlier suspected. They estimated that tens of thousands or more North Americans have been taken by unexplained beings. 
we're going to gloss over this because it's going to be a topic of its own for a future episode, but it's believed by some researchers that in February of 1954, President Eisenhower met with aliens at Edwards Air Force Base. In the following year, he met with them again and a treaty was made where they would help us advance our technology in exchange for allowing them to test on human subjects, provided that the humans were not permanently harmed in any way and that the government was given a list of names of the people who were experimented on. I've heard some of that. But there's, I read a lot actually about Eisenhower meeting with the aliens and there's enough there that I think we could do a pretty decent Mm -hmm. episode about that. But there's a lot of people that believe that, that Eisenhower was the one, you know, it was after the Roswell crash that... And that's where um, that's why there was such a boom in technology is because we got stuff from the aliens, mm. basically, in, a, in exchange for allowing them to take humans and cattle. And cattle. And cattle. Okay. Jacobs and Hopkins argued that there was an elaborate process underway in which aliens were attempting to create human-alien hybrids, though the motives for this effort were unknown. There had been reports of phantom pregnancies related to UFO encounters as early as the 1960s, but Bud Hopkins and especially David M. Jacobs were instrumental in popularizing in popularizing the idea of widespread systematic interbreeding efforts on the part of the alien intruders. Folklorist Thomas E. Bullard pointed out that there is a broad, fairly consistent sequence and description of events that make up the typical close encounter of the fourth kind a popular but unofficial designation building on Dr. J. Allen Hynek's classifications. Bullard reports that most abduction accounts feature the following events. They generally follow the sequence noted below, though not all abductions feature all of these events. Stage 1 of an abduction, immobilization and capture. Abductees often report a weird sensation before being abducted. Visions of flashing lights, odd sounds like buzzing noises or strange tones, or witnessing figures walking around in the room with them are not uncommon and may be accompanied by experiencing a tingling sensation. People draw parallels between sleep paralysis. That's going to show up in the theories. That's a biggie in the theories. The abductee is then somehow rendered incapable of resisting and taken from the terrestrial surroundings to an apparent alien spacecraft. Artist John Velez, who believes that he has been abducted by aliens, says, quote, For me, it usually begins with either lights or a humming sound. The room will be flooded with light. Or there'll be this humming background, humming sound, and an almost electrical feeling in the air. And then I'll either begin to feel very, very heavy, as if I weighed 10,000 pounds, or frozen, immobilized. At that point, usually these little beings, the greys I described, they'll enter the room. This has always been one of the most fascinating aspects of alien abductions to me. Like, I've always wondered how this happens. Hmm. You know, like... You think I picture someone just floating out their window? I do too, and that's that what a lot of so people silly, that's what but... a lot of people picture, but to me, you know, it's like the logistics of it. Like I live in an apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Say that I was sleeping with somebody in bed next to me. It could happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it has so, happened before. Yes, you know. So then if I'm a does that person is that person immobilized that they can't see me? And where's the ship? If the ship is outside my window, is everybody in my apartment complex immobilized so they can't see the ship? You know, people driving on the street, are they... Or is it they are, have like a cloaking device kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, Or like I believe aliens, if they exist, I think come from... I think it's a dimensional thing. I don't think it's a spacecraft. Mm-hmm. I think they take you somehow to a different dimension. Could be. So that's always been like one thing with me is like how do they freeze you and how do they stop everybody around you from seeing that. That's just always bothered me. Hmm. 
Stage two of an abduction, examination and procedures. Invasive physiological and psychological procedures. They collect sperm or ovum, collect samples of skin, hair, or nails, place small devices or implants in various parts of the body. There are head and neck surgical procedures. They check the neurological functioning, sometimes an extraction of a fetus. They do brain scans or create weird sexual scenarios. You know, maybe they're just kinky. I don't know. (laughs) A lot of the procedures involve reproduction. Mm-hmm. Stage three, conference. And this kind of depends on how the abductee reacts to them. Like a lot of times the abductee will be so afraid they'll shut down and do nothing. But sometimes people are genuinely curious about what's going on. So stage three, conference. The abductors sometimes communicate with the abductee or direct them to interact with specific individuals for some purpose, typically telepathically, but sometimes using the abductee's native language. In a lot of the reports, the abductors show the subjects the damage that we are causing to this planet. Hmm. Stage four is a tour. The abductees are sometimes given a tour of the captor's vessel, depending on how they're reacting to the abduction. Though this is disputed by some researchers who consider this definition a misunderstanding of intent when the abductees are just being taken around to multiple places inside the ship. Stage five of an alien abduction is a short-term memory wipe. Abductees often rapidly forget the majority of their experience, either as a result of fear, medical intervention, or both, and have a gap of missing time in their memory. It is believed that the abductee's short-term memories are somehow wiped and sometimes replaced with cover or screen memories or events that did not actually occur. Stage six is return. The abductees are returned to Earth, occasionally in a different location from where they were allegedly taken, or with new injuries or disheveled or missing clothing. Stage seven is theophany. That is a word that I had never heard before. Theophany. Okay. Coinciding with their immediate return, abductees may have a profound sense of love, a high similar to those induced by certain drugs, or mystical experience accompanied by a feeling of oneness with God, the universe, or their abductors. Whether this is the result of a metaphysical change, Stockholm Syndrome, or prior medical tampering is often not scrutinized by the abductees at the time. Theophany is described as, quote, a visible manifestation to humankind of God or a God. And that actually shows up a lot that a lot of times they believe it was like a life altering experience. Sure. And a lot of times instead of being, I imagine it would be. Yeah. A lot of times <laughs> instead of being freaked out by it, people are like happy about the experience. And I suppose it depends it, on what your experience was. Though, yeah, right? exactly. Were you in excruciating pain or not? Yeah. You right. know, stage eight is the aftermath. The abductee must cope with the psychological, physical and social effects of the experience. Alleged abductees are seen by many researchers to have a higher incidence of non-abduction-related paranormal events and abilities. Following an abduction experience, these paranormal abilities and occurrences sometimes seem to become much more pronounced. Hmm. So there's that. So those are the eight stages of an alien abduction. When describing the abduction scenario, David M. Jacobs says, quote, The entire abduction event is precisely orchestrated. All the procedures are predetermined. There is no standing around and deciding what to do next. The beings are task-oriented, and there is no indication whatsoever that we have been able to find of any aspect of their lives outside of performing the abduction procedures. So it's very rigid, you know, I don't want to say military, but it's very, they know what they're going to do. They're going to do it. Yeah, there's no like hanging about and doing whatever shooting the crap shooting the crap (laughs) 
Except cracking jokes about, you know, not knowing your universe, how would you know where I am? Exactly. Right? Exactly. The aliens often perform staring procedures during which they gaze into the abductee's eyes at a distance of only an inch or two away from their face. That's creepy. <laughs> these <laughs> That's mind, really creepy. These like mind scan procedures appear to be neurological manipulations which give the aliens the ability to enter into people's minds. Sometimes abductees report that they are required to perform tasks, that they are tested in some way. They say that machines are brought in to examine them. They sometimes are required to have a form of sexual intercourse with other humans and sometimes with adolescent and adult alien-human hybrids. Oh, my God. Although abductions and other UFO-related reports are usually made by adults, sometimes young children report similar experiences. These child reports often feature very specific details in common with reports of abductions made by adults, including the circumstances, narrative, entities, and aftermaths of the alleged occurrences. Often these young abductees have family members who have reported having abduction experiences. Family involvement in the military or residence near a military base is also common among child abduction claims. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. That is. Jacobs and Hopkins argued that there was an elaborate process underway in which aliens were attempting to create human-alien hybrids, the most advanced stage of which in the human hybridization programs are known as hubrids. I never heard of hubrids before, hmm. but hubrids. H-U-B-R-I-D-S. Although the motives for this effort were unknown. There have been reports of phantom pregnancy, like I said, related to UFO encounters at least as early as the 1960s. What, what's phantom pregnancy? Is when you, you're positive you're pregnant and then it turns out you're not. Like you belly girls and everything? I think so. Okay. Let me Google that. Okay. That's kind of what I figured it was, yeah. but... Like your body's showing symptoms. Or but there's like no baby in there. Pregnant. Phantom pregnancy is a rare condition that results in a woman or even a man believing they are pregnant, displaying the symptoms of pregnancy, but with no fetus present. Okay. So. Has that ever happened to you, Kurt? No, it hasn't. Only after eating a pizza. <laughs> That's a pizza. It's a pizza baby. Pizza baby. It's no hybrid. It's a pizza baby. <laughs> but Bud Hopkins and especially David Jacobs were instrumental in popularizing the idea of widespread systematic inbreeding efforts on part of the aliens. In a study investigating alleged abductions, researcher Jenny Randalls found that in each of the four cases out of the 50 total cases where the abductee was over 40 years of age, they were rejected by the aliens for what the experiencers usually inferred to as a medical reason. Randalls concludes, quote, alien abduction is essentially a young person's experience. So I think I'm off the books for yeah, alien right. abduction. We're, we're don't want, we're it sounds like they want younger. With like, my aches and pains. And yeah, it sounds like joints. they want younger people. Hmm. But it was interesting that out of her, out of her. So are you saying that they run you through these tests and then they decide to either keep you or reject you? I don't know. I don't know. But she said that she had, she was doing a study of 50 total cases and she had four out of those 50 that were over 40 years of age and they were all rejected by the aliens. Hmm. So rejected. they want younger people. After the table procedures, abductees report that they are sometimes taken, and this actually shows up a lot in these, and that actually kind of surprised me because I never heard of this. Okay. After the table procedures, abductees report that they are sometimes taken into other rooms where they are required to have skin-on-skin -skin contact with unusual-looking babies. Abductees say that these babies seem to be crosses between humans and aliens, the hybrids. That's abductees so also see hybrid toddlers, older youths, adolescents, and adults. 
So interaction with the hybrids seemed to be a common occurrence. An 82-year-old grandmother was still being abducted, both for the medical procedures and to interact with the alien hybrid babies and children. Many times she was taken to interact with a room full of alien hybrid babies. She said that the aliens often took her to a room full of crying babies and asked her to provide motherly comfort to them. Aliens take human children and have them play with other hybrid children to teach human traits and characteristics to the hybrid children. Mm, To integrate them. Yeah. Abducted children may talk about a playmate with a specific name who the parents have never seen. But there's a lot of reports that I read about people taking, you know, like one of the the reports I read was a, a woman in her, I think, 30s or something like that. And they took her to this room with all these crying hybrid babies to have her calm them down and when she couldn't they just took her away hmm. that so there was a, that surprised me that if anything surprised me about this there was a lot of that can i go back on something um you know we we're kind of talking about the the study where for the 50 yeah people were, we're over, over 40. 40 yeah and i'm just curious i know the thought just kind of popped in my mind as we're sitting here and talking and listening to you more so but you know if they if a lot of these alien alien abductions have like like intercourse or sexual type things going on to them kind of would make sense because think about it you know once humans hit their 40s or beyond we're not we're really not yeah, really yeah. We're considered geriatric yeah. yeah we're not yeah. really yeah. at reproductive but that, that the, seems that to be prime reproductive that age. seems to be the whole right. basis of what's so going on is reproduction yeah is it, it's so, the hybrid stuff which would make sense yeah then it if, would make total sense they'd that, want the younger people yep. because mm-hmm. So you know, by the time yep. their you know, eggs are viable, right? Yeah, yep. I don't know. or sperm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And even people who don't have contact with the hybrids report still seeing them. A lot of abductees report seeing containers full of liquids that seem to have the hybrids in them. This shows up a lot. Again, artist John Velez says, "Quote: After one of the medical procedures, I was led down a series of corridors to another room." When we first entered the room, it was a long rectangular metallic room, walls, floor, ceiling, everything metallic. No furniture, nothing on the walls. And just as we entered, the long wall that was over on my left receded up into the ceiling, and it revealed row upon row upon row of canisters. I don't know if they were made out of glass, plexiglass, plastic, I don't know, canisters. They were filled with a clear, luminous green liquid, and inside each canister, attached by little wires and things, was one of these little hybrids. It was just suspended in there, and for a split second I thought they were specimens, that they were dead. I was overwhelmed by the presence of their minds and their intelligence. I mean, I knew I was in the presence of a superior intelligence here. They were aware of me. They knew I was there. But to look at these things, you think that they were dead. They looked like little specimens hanging in jars. There must have been 10 to 15 rows high, and the shelves, the racks were deep. They went back deep into the wall, so there must have been thousands of these things in there. That's creepy. It's very sci-fi. I was yep. going to say, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I know it's, it's Im- images that I've seen in mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yep. You know, crazy. The website aliensandchildren.org says, quote, The purpose of most alien abductions is to create a new race that looks human but still has alien mental and psychic attributes. It appears that the aliens can't quite manipulate the human genome the way they want to, so they are constantly experimenting with modifying the human genome and making new variations of their creations. Hence the spectrum of autistic disorders, which is the result of trial and error attempts by the aliens to make a new race. As a result, every day the spectrum of autism and Asperger's gets greater. Aliens abduct many people, so the percentage of autistic humans in the population, that is, humans with damaged genomes, increases on a daily basis. 
don't know if I buy that. I don't know if I buy that either. That autism. It's, isn't is it the, all the is preser- Yeah, isn't it all the preservatives and junk that's in our Probably. food now that's causing Probably. autism? And- wow. So yeah, that's hmm. that's far. That is one of the theories: yeah. is that autism and Aspergers <clears throat> come from the aliens experimenting with human genomes. So, so are they what- saying kids with or people who are on the spectrum in some way, or shape, or form are hybrid? Basically, okay, or like a failed experiment, or or something. That's a terrible way to. Put that it. is a super terrible way I don't to put like it. Any of it. I mean, that's insane. I mean, I think of the number of kids I work with in a day, and I just can't imagine that they're all alien, alien hybrids, hybrids that have gone <laughs> yep. wrong. Right. I just no, yeah, okay. I don't like it. So, what is the end game? Dr. Jacobs believes that the end game is an integration program where eventually the interbreeding will become successful enough that these hybrid beings can walk among us undetected, yet their allegiance and consciousness would remain part of the alien collective. So there's that. That they're basically, I mean, that makes sense to me. It does. It's not Rather, instead of, instead of taking over a planet, just put Repop- yourself, integrate. just put your, integrate yourself into the planet, into mm-hmm. their, into them. To what end though? Did they destroy their planet? That that people don't know. People okay. speculate that possibly their planet is either destroyed or on its way to being destroyed, and they Maybe figure they're just lonely. It could be. It could be. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this creeps me out, but I also really don't know what I think about this. No. We'll get. It, we'll talk more when just, we get into the what do you think. It's mind blowing. It I is mind blowing. You know, you and I on the yep. way down, Kurt Reed, we were talking um, about just you know the. The whole topic of aliens and alien abduction. I mean, it's just so vast. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, there's just so many different facets you could, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, go off and talk about. It's just so mind blowing to me. I think it's really interesting that um, these people claim, like the claims about they want them to interact with the hybrids. It's like we've created these things, but we don't know what to do with them. So you need to help us. Basically, yeah. How do I mean, we that, how do we make the babies stop, stop crying? crying? Like, what do yeah, we do? That's right. basically that's basically it. <laughs> I was feeling I'm feeling I was feeling for these poor women that were shoved into these rooms full of crying babies, crying alien and hybrid like, babies. And here, here, make them stop crying. The pressure. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, deal lots of rhythmic there. shushing. <laughs> <laughs> Play baby shark for them or something. Right there, you go. <laughs> Signs that you may be an abductee. Oh, here we go. If you have unusual scars or marks with no possible explanation on how you receive them, small scoop indentations, straight line scars, triangular marks, scars on the roof of your mouth, in your nose, or behind your ears. Another one. If you have a strong marker memory that will not go away, example, an alien face, an examination, a needle, a table, or a strange skinny baby. Wait, say that again. What? If you have a marker memory that will not go away, if you have like this memory of something that okay. just won't leave. Okay. A like, strange, I'll, I'll get, skinny a baby. Strange, skinny, a skinny baby. baby. Okay. I have, okay. A, I have a, we'll get to this later when we talk about stuff, but I have a weird kind of marker memory that makes Do me wonder. Do we need to check behind your ears I for don't any think crazy I, marks? I don't think or? I have any crazy scars. <laughs> oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, oh. Yeah, but that's gonna that's gonna like I said, I'll bring this up later. But this is I was just of, pointing to the picture of, of the that green dash that drew. dash drew of our the green guy I saw in my bedroom when I was a kid. Oh my yeah, God, but, it kind of brings it all. So we'll well. we'll go back to that later okay. though. Full circle. Pretty soon, I think we'll go back to that actually. Um, if you have a secret feeling that you are special or chosen somehow, well, yeah, duh. I mean, who doesn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever awoken. With a soreness in your genitals, which cannot be explained. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Can't say I've ever had that happen. 
Yeah. Thankful. Thankful to say that's <laughs> never happened to me. Depends on what I did before I went to bed. <laughs> you can explain that though. Yeah. <laughs> Next, if you have if you have ever heard an external voice in your head speaking to you, instructing you, or guiding you, I can't say I've done that. Nope. If you've ever had sexual or relationship problems, such as an odd feeling that you must not become involved in a relationship because it would interfere with something, <laughs> Rhonda just pointed <laughs> at me. No. I feel like that's a lot of people, and it has nothing to do with the aliens. No. It's fear of intimacy. Yep. An unnatural fear of doctors, needles, and dentist chairs. That's, That's everyone. Me. That's me and everyone. I'm that and way everyone. too. I hate the dentist. If you've ever been afraid of your closet, now or as a child. That's everyone. Yep. If I you, still am. If you, I'm not. Finally. If you ever have <laughs> humming, buzzing, or tones and clicks in your ear. I have the ringing. I get the it ringing. It just said humming, buzzing, around. tones, and clicks. Oh, then nope. And this next one was Do weird because... you need to check behind your ears too, Krista? <laughs> this next one actually popped up a couple times. If you sometimes have mathematical formulas in your head upon awakening, there's a lot of reports of people like writing on their walls, putting like crazy oh, yeah, mathematical sure formulas. That's not me. That's not me either. No. If you have a strong reaction to pictures of aliens, either a strong aversion to the pictures or being drawn to them. If you have unexplained nosebleeds... If you've ever seen someone with you become paralyzed, motionless, or frozen in time, especially someone you sleep with. If you ever have the feeling of being watched much of the time, especially at night. Hmm. If you have unexplained phobia of owls, raccoons, large black-eyed animals, clowns, spiders, or insects. Why all of those? I get the owl thing because there is like a weird owl Yep, thing. and I, th- I think that's what I want to talk about that okay. I think... I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, but in that same room where I saw the green guy when yeah. I was a kid, this is like my weird, if it's a marker memory, this is my weird memory is that one night I was laying in bed trying to go to sleep and from outside my window, I, I heard a female this. voice saying my name in like a whispery mm-hmm. sing song, weird voice over and over saying Kurt and in my head, it was an owl. I remember this. And the first time that I read that there's like a connection between owls and aliens that kind of actually really freaked me out that I've always had this memory of whatever was outside my window saying my name in my and head. And you were awake, right? Yeah. In my head was an owl. It was always an owl. And I've always yeah. I've always considered it an owl. And once I read that, I was like, whoa, that's What do creepy. clowns have to do with it? I don't know. That's Everybody's creepy. afraid of clowns. Because I don't yeah. know if I ever told you guys my story. I actually was going to ask you, like, what was your earliest memory as a child? But like one of my earliest memories of, of a child deal with a closet in my parents' room and clowns. <laughs> it's and, weird. It, yeah, it's like, mm, hmm. crazy. I mean, I've always hated clowns, but... Mm-hmm. Everybody hates clowns. Yes. I like owls. But yeah, that, that, that's my weird... Did something that is happen? strange. That's Did that something... was when you were a kid. That was when I was a kid in that same room where I saw the green okay. guy. Probably right around the same time I saw the green guy. Okay. That's creepy. For girls, have you ever had a false pregnancy or missing fetus? No. My, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. We shouldn't laugh. No. But if you have a feeling of a loss of time, usually an hour or more. I've never had that happen. Not even when drinking. No. And now this is kind of a big one. According to a 2018 article in the UK newspaper, The Express, everyone on the planet has either O, A, B, or AB blood, 
But a subcategory to this is whether an individual is RH positive or negative. The RH level refers to the rhesus factor. I think it's rhesus, not like a peanut mm, butter cup. Like rhesus pieces? I think so. How much peanut butter do you have in your blood? Exactly. Is that it? Probably I have a lot because I love Reese's <laughs> peanut butters. The RH level refers to the rhesus factor, which brings a specific antigen in the blood. If your blood does not carry this antigen, you are RH negative. 85% of people are RH positive, and according to some researchers' claims, the remaining 15% that are negative could be descendants of aliens. So if you have... I don't even, I don't know. even know what my blood, I don't know what my blood type is either. Nope. I have no, no idea. Clue. No, I have no idea what my blood type is. Every time I get my blood taken, I mean to ask, but then I'm always... Don't they have to test it, though? Didn't we have ours in high, uh, junior high school? Didn't we have... I remember doing it in, in, yeah. in biology class, yeah. or was it chemistry class? But biology. I remember that mine showed up as AB negative, which doesn't make sense, because that's like the rarest kind. That's like a super rare blood type and i don't think it was accurate but i always mean to ask what my blood type is and i don't know but this is basically saying anybody that's a negative could possibly be a descendant of an alien hmm. researcher but Lara, why? huh but why i don't know <laughs> researcher lara star states that if everyone had truly evolved from apes we would all have the same blood type however scientists have dismissed this claim stating that the rh types are simply a byproduct of evolution hmm. sure Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Seems a little more logical. <laughs> so how do you know if you're an alien-human hybrid? Ooh. This is from the proofofalien.com website. Okay. Usually alien-human hybrids do not have much hair on their head. That's me. <laughs> Sparse, thin, and black hair is what most of the alien-human hybrids have. The rest of their bodies are usually devoid of any hair. The eyes of alien-human hybrids are usually very compelling. There is an extraterrestrial calmness in their ways and the way they stare at things. Usually the eyeballs of hybrids are a little larger than normal humans. There are cases where the cranium of alien-human hybrids is slightly bigger than normal humans. Many alien-human hybrids are usually snub-nosed individuals. I don't even know if I know anybody that's snub-nosed. I don't even know what that is. I was going to say, what's a snub-nosed? I don't know. I think that's like a, a, like a flat... Snubbed nose. Snubbed nose. If you are wondering if you are an alien-human hybrid, you may want to keep a tab on your dreams. It is said that alien-human hybrids have a greater number of flying dreams than anyone else. The average intellect of alien-human hybrids is usually higher than Earthlings. Wouldn't you know if you were a hybrid? Apparently not. I just feel like you would. I have dreams of flying. I love those dreams. I don't. I never have. I have dreams of falling, but I never had dreams no. that you could fly. Nope. Oh, never. Maybe I you're can, a hybrid. I can will myself to fly in my dreams sometimes. No, not me. Love hybrid. An alien human hybrid. <laughs> an alien human alien. hybrid would not need to communicate with you to understand what is going on in your mind. With their genetic telepathic skills, they are usually able to read the thoughts of individuals without saying a word to them. Most alien human hybrids will have a hypersensitivity to electromagnetic or electric fields. Alien-human hybrids are usually chronic patients of, I don't know this word, sinusitis, sinusitis, which is a medical condition where the sinus of the nose gets inflamed and causes a lot of headaches or runny noses. If sinusitis. You know, sinusitis. Thank you. <laughs> if you know someone who has a runny nose year-round, you might want to question their parentage. Mm, I have sinus issues. Yeah, my nose is running right now. <laughs> I don't think I'm a hybrid. So now, theories. Okay. As always... Main theories Bigfoot. and sub-theories. <laughs> we, we have main theories and sub-theories. Main theory number one, people are being abducted. Okay. 
Sub theory A, aliens are abducting people. And that's it. <laughs> Those I mean, are the same theories. <laughs> that's, no, not necessarily. Okay. People are being abducted is the main theory. Sub theory A, aliens are abducting people. Oh, okay. People. Gotcha. And Could be people abducting people yes. in the first one. And that's just aliens are abducting people. Okay. I mean, there's stuff like, we'll get into, this is going to be a whole topic too, but implanted devices, mm. alien implants is really fascinating to me. And I've seen some weird, compelling stuff. Okay. So theory number one, or sub theory A, aliens are indeed abducting people. Sub theory B is something called my labs or milabs. And that is a military abduction. Mm. Yep. It's defined as a deceitful military operation performed to convince the targets of the operation that they have had an encounter with extraterrestrial beings, although that is actually a staged ploy. According to the website Alien Jigsaw, quote, some current thinking surrounding these activities suggests that they are actually aliens, alien-human hybrids, or humans dressed in military uniforms. Some believe they are a highly secret group of specially trained humans using alien technology who are working with one or more groups of aliens. Still others claim that this is all an illusion perpetrated by mind control agents, and these events are created via technology such as neural implants, holograms, and wave technology that create what are referred to as virtual reality scenarios or VRS. By most accounts, MeLabs or MyLabs are either being programmed for something, studied and monitored, or indoctrinated and trained for any number of military black ops programs. Some alien abductees claim that after being abducted by aliens, then they become MeLabs with the military then abducting them to investigate their alien abduction. Yeah, that's a little bit of everything. What were you going to say? Well, it's interesting because earlier... You were talking about how, um, um, especially like children abductions, a lot of times will be near a military base. Mili- yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I know I've brought up in an earlier podcast too, is that I have a friend, Carissa, that's like big into this stuff. And she's convinced that I have a memory of when I was a kid. And I really, truly think that this was what it was, was that I was unusually smart going into kindergarten like reading i was reading at an advanced level oh, i remember you talking yeah about and that. i was like crazy smart and i have a memory of being in a white room talking to a lady in a white coat and she was asking me questions and every time i answered the question right she gave me a fruit loop to eat and that's i that happened that was a very specific memory and i i told carissa that and she said she thinks that was like a military abduction scenario that something was done to me hmm. this i was taken and tested or something even though i personally think that it was just for school that they wanted to see how intelligent i was right. but she says it doesn't make sense that they would have test. somebody in a white coat in a white room testing me so i mean she thought that was really weird that it was I like that know. in a clinical setting no distractions yeah so i i, I think know. it was being being tested for school but she really thought that i was a milab or a my lab i've seen them pronounced both ways at mm-hmm. one point and something happened or they tested me for something don't I'm not saying i buy it but i'm saying that that was that that this theory you know because i that's one of the theories i came across too in my research i think is very plausible um i was mentioning to both kurt and krista on the ride here that um i was you know, i'm in the middle of watching a documentary called unacknowledgeable um and Unacknowledged? Um, Unacknowledged. Well, unacknowledged, yes. Unacknowledged, yes. Um, On Netflix. On Netflix. Mm -hmm. And just how much 
you know, government involvement there is with, you know, the whole alien, you know, it's a cover-up essentially, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I could totally buy into the MyLab stuff. Okay. I've never heard of it. My labs? Mm-mm. Yeah, that's kind of a big thing. There's a lot of people that think all alien abductions are actually done by the military, and you're hypnotized into believing that it was aliens that abducted you. And then you. nobody will believe you. And then nobody's going to believe you. Exactly. But again, in this documentary, you know, there are people, there, you know, there's just so much evidence out there from people. Well, now you I got to watch it. I <laughs> you know, encounters, you know, that, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're trying to be hushed, and um, I can totally buy into the military working with or yeah. not even oh, military yeah. that, that, maybe parts that's, like you know secret you yeah. know societies of government that yeah. are working yeah. with alien yeah i mean that's the thing is that to, some people think it's just the military doing it some people think it's the military and the aliens doing it some people think it's the military doing it pretending that aliens are doing it so hmm. you know yeah. nobody knows what a lot of people think it is the aliens and the military yeah. together doing it and that some of the alien some of the soldiers in the military are actually hybrids you know mm. because a lot of people think hybrids are being turned into like super soldiers so a lot of people think that that's what these military people are so it wow. gets you can go down that rabbit hole oh, yeah. and there's oh, a yeah. lot about oh, that yeah. wow. but the, those that's the that's the under the theory that it is happening is that either aliens are actually are actually abducting people or the military is abducting people mm-hmm. or some combination of the two of them Especially, I feel sorry for the ones that get abducted by aliens, and then they get abducted by the military, right. trying to figure out what the aliens are doing. So that's a hard knock life right there. Main theory number two: people are not being abducted. Sub theory A: people with psychological problems. Obviously, I, I mean, think a lot of it. I think probably I think is. a good percentage of people that claim that they were abducted are you know nuttier than a squirrel turd. But <laughs> but not necessarily all of them. No, or they're know. looking for attention. Yeah. Yeah, that's another. That's well, another that's one. That's not the kind that of attention another I would want. Right. But so, sub theory A: people with psychological problems. Okay. Sub theory B: fantasy. According to a January twenty seventh, two thousand seventeen article on the website The Conversation, called "Quote: Some Scientific Explanations for Alien Abductions That Aren't So Out of This World," says. Several studies report that experiencers do not typically differ from non-experiencers on objective what's this word? psychopathological measures, those that assess psychological well-being and adjustment, and have no history of mental instability. However, one characteristic that is associated with abduction experiences is a proclivity for fantasy. Evidence supports the theory that fantasy-prone people engage in elaborate imaginings, often confusing fantasy with reality. And then when you couple that with the fact that memory is really hinky, which we've talked about in the Mandela Effect episode, how memories are made. Mm -hmm. If you believe something enough, it becomes a concrete memory. In a June 12, 2016 article in the Boston Globe called, quote, Why Alien Abductions Are Down Dramatically, it says that social currents and events some of them particularly American, inform these stories and our interest in them. Space exploration in the 50s and 60s forced the country to admit that a vast unknown lay beyond our atmosphere. At the same time, the Cold War inspired existential fear of invasion. The 60s and 70s were marked by horizon-broadening mysticism and publicized experimentation with drugs, people often talking about out-of-body experiences. 
The 1980s saw an explosion of angst around the so-called satanic panic, with near-constant reports of child abduction and sexual molestation, and then recovered and repressed memories. Alien abduction stories then absorbed these decades of underlying worries, reinventing them as a mysterious creature's anal probes and sinister hybrid breeding programs. So the whole alien abduction scenario kind of encapsulates a lot of the underlying stress from the past several decades, and some people have incorporated the stress by imagining alien abduction scenarios, and that actually makes yeah, kind of yeah. a lot of sense. I've read, yeah, yeah. kind of reading yep. that too. That that's your way of dealing with all of these fears, mm-hmm. all of these repressed fears from all this stuff is imagining that. According to a 1999 article in the New York Times, quote, several scholars have found that people are more likely to report alien abductions when they have been exposed to movies or books about the idea. Simon Sherwood, a researcher on sleep paralysis in England, said that in one case study, a regular sufferer of sleep paralysis watched an alien film and then had an hallucination of a little blue alien inserting a metal probe into his forehead. Hmm. So that's During sleep paralysis? Yeah. Hmm. So that's B, fantasy. Okay. Subtheory C, false memories brought out under hypnosis. Mm-hmm. November 8th, 2014 article on the Great Plains Skeptic website called, quote, Aliens, Abductions, and False Memories says... Hypnotherapy appears to be the leading cause of remembering these abduction stories, and while hypnosis increases memory output, it does not increase memory quality. In other words, when being hypnotized, you will remember a lot more information, but it may not be accurate information. For example, when being encouraged by an authoritative figure after hypnotic treatment, fantasy-prone people were more likely to recall living a past life. This illustrates the suggestibility of the mind and inflation of symptoms when in the presence of an authority figure who confirms your beliefs. Shermer, in 2002, covers the literature and says that it is not possible to recover memories, as these hypnotherapists claim. Rather, quote, memory is a complex phenomenon involving distortions, deletions, additions, and sometimes complete fabrication. Needless to say, it would be pretty easy for a hypnotherapist to promote the creation of these memories in susceptible people. And this is where I, like, I know Anne, Anne that is in our ghost hunting group, mm-hmm. listens to the podcast, and she knows a lot about hypnosis. So I would actually really like to maybe have Anne on. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, because I'm, like to see I'm, her. I'm, right. I'm, yeah, and to see her. But I'm really fascinated with hypnosis and what it can and can't do. Hmm. Like, we've talked about it on here that yeah. I have this weird fear. I'm, like, deathly afraid of hypnosis. Yeah. But I'm intrigued by the, the idea. Control. But it makes sense to me that that some of these that are brought out under hypnosis didn't actually happen. Right. You know, so that is sub-theory C, false memories and hypnosis. Okay. Sub-theory D, hoaxes or people wanting attention. Sure. And I mean, I'm sure that's a huge percentage of that that number. And finally, the big one, sub-theory E, sleep paralysis. We've talked about that in a lot of other episodes too. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. According to a 1999 article in the New York Times, sleep paralysis was once thought to be very rare. But recent studies in Canada, Japan, China, and the United States have suggested that it may strike at least 40 to 50% of all people at least once. Sleep paralysis is a feeling of being conscious but unable to move, which occurs when a person passes between stages of wakefulness and sleep. Many abductees claim share characteristics with sleep paralysis. 
a sense of being awake and not dreaming, the inability to move, a feeling of fear or dread, the sense of another presence, often evil or malevolent, and a feeling of being held or restricted in a lying position. Some reports also talk about seeing strange lights in the bedroom, seeing shadowy figures, or hearing strange sounds. I mean, that sounds like textbook alien abduction. All of that stuff sounds like what people experienced during alien abduction. And it's textbook sleep paralysis. Yes. But according to a 2015 article on the Journal of Abduction and Counter Research website, David Hufford, author of The Terror That Comes in the Night, has researched night terrors and sleep paralysis for over 30 years. He admits that there are far more strange and anomalous aspects to alien abductions than what sleep paralysis can account for. In fact, he even goes as far to say that aliens might be utilizing the physiological occurrence in humans to their advantage. In other words, aliens could possibly trigger sleep paralysis to persist, thereby keeping us immobilized for as long as they like. So aliens, he theorizes, could be using sleep paralysis to control us. I've heard the same theory about spirits, ghosts, demons. Yep, yep. I'm just going to say now that I, I, I mean, I totally get sleep paralysis, but I think it's becoming what weather balloons are to UFOs, that it's a really easy way just to write off every paranormal experience somebody has. I know my own are not paranormal like in I any way. I feel like I have cricket legs like stuck in my throat. <laughs> Gross. I know my sleep paralysis experiences are not paranormal at all, and I believe in the paranormal. Um but I can't speak to what anyone else experiences. No, I just feel like it's becoming an easy go-to explanation for anything paranormal mm-hmm. that happens at night. It's sleep paralysis. I feel like it's becoming too much of a go-to. I'm not saying I, I'm not saying that that's not what it is, but I think it's just becoming an an explanation for everything. Is oh, that's sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. You know, Hufford goes on to say, "quote." One man was abducted right out of a crowded social event when everybody else in the room appeared frozen or paralyzed while he and the aliens were the only ones that could move or react. In this case, it seems obvious that the aliens are in charge of who becomes paralyzed, and it is not always just the abductee. This freezing of time may be a whole different mechanism of control at the alien's command, but it certainly shows that the abductee is often not the only one being paralyzed in these scenarios. The four men canoeing and camping along a lake in Maine, the Allagash abductions, were panicking and paddling as fast as possible back to the shore when all four men lost consciousness at the same time. They certainly were not sleepy at the moment, yet they had hours of missing time and reawakened at the same given moment standing around a campfire hours later. There is no known case of four men entering into amnesia at the same time and leaving that state hours later at the same second. Yeah, that makes no sense. Likewise, another case of mine from 1989 involved two women driving home from Colorado late at night and both seeing strange lights come near their car. One moment they are excited and panicky, the next moment, two hours later, they are tired, grumpy, and silent. Under no circumstance did both of them fall asleep at the same time. Despite neither woman knowing anything about UFO abductions, independent investigations with separate hypnosis sessions revealed a very detailed and classic abduction scenario with 43 specific matches of bizarre details between their recollections. Hmm. So, and that's another thing. Not everybody that's abducted is sleeping when it happens. Like Betty and Barney Hill weren't sleeping when they believed they were abducted. I mean, they were driving. Further evidence that sleep paralysis cannot account for this is when the actual abduction is observed by someone else, which happens often, or when the person finds physical cuts, bruises, scars, incisions, scoop marks, implants, needle marks, and other effects upon their body. But on the other hand, from a July 5th, 2015 article on the Daily Beat called Why We Believe in Alien Abductions, it says, quote, 
When people suffer from sleep paralysis, the brain points to the cultural representation of alien abduction not only because it fits the symptoms, but because it is low-hanging fruit. Perhaps it's something they always wondered about, feared, or even suspected to be true. That's interesting because I hear more accounts of people seeing a shadow figure, not an alien. Yeah. So I think uh, yeah. it's yeah. It's sort of the whatever you're looking into. Whatever whatever you th- are afraid of or whatever you are mm-hmm. thinking is. I mean, I've definitely happening. heard people talk about alien abduction, but I've heard way more people talk about demonic yeah. entities and sleep paralysis. Yeah. And that's one of the theories that I came across in the research that I was doing. Um, and I know I was talking to Kurt uh, about that earlier, sorry, that some people believe that it's not truly an alien abduction, abduction it's demon. demonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot to bring that up. That mm-hmm. I didn't really see a lot of that when I was researching, mm-hmm. but there, there are people that believe that the aliens are just demons. I mean, it's basically a demonic hmm. situation instead of an alien situation. Hmm. So I don't know. So that's that. So now we get to what do you think? Hmm. You want me to go first? Yeah. I, I'm i really on the fence about this. I really don't know because a big part of me wants to believe that this isn't happening. But there's just so much and so many people and there's there's some like compelling evidence that I've seen that I do really believe something is happening. I don't know what I think it is. Is it military? Is it aliens? I don't know. But I think something is being done. I really do. And I hate saying that because I feel like I've gotten more skeptical about stuff as we've done the podcast. So that part of me really wants to say this is all. You've never been a big believer in aliens, though, either, have you? I, I believe, like I said, I believe aliens are trans-dimensional. But that you they, don't think they've come to Earth, is that? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I have, said that I have, fr- I have friends, I have multiple friends who are convinced that they have been abducted, that something was done to them, and I believe them. So mm-hmm. I think something... I think it's different when you know someone you consider very credible. Yeah. Like we all do. Yeah. Who yeah. You would never doubt. No, exactly. And I, I know several people like that that, mm-hmm. that say something like this was done to them. So the skeptical part of me wants to say this is all hogwash. I think a lot of it is. I think a lot but of I it think is. there's too many people... But like, like I Why said, would they all make it up? Yeah, like I said, you know there was, I mean? even if it was one half of one half of 1%, that's still 750,000 yeah, people. right. And that's still a lot of people that believe they were abducted. Right. You know, so I, I do think something is going on. I don't know what it is. It creeps me out, whatever it is. This, right. this is one mm-hmm. of the, this is one For of the sure. this is one of the topics that legitimately gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like alien abduction creeps me out. It's that loss of control and being yep. very vulnerable. Yep. So right. I do think something is happening. What it is, I don't know. I don't know if I think it's military. Part of me thinks that, like you said, like it's some of each. I think military is doing some of it. I think aliens or some whatever the creatures are are doing some of it. You know, I don't know. I don't know. So I I do think something is going on. Krista. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I am. I'm very much on the fence. I, it's hard for me when I've never experienced anything. Like, I've never seen a UFO. I've had no experience with any kind of alien-related encounter ever. Um, but I find it hard to believe that that many people would just make something up. Yeah. So. Yep. What it is or why, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I, I do I do buy Something's into the idea of a, of a hybrid, of a that that is their way of of becoming part of our 
society, a part of our, our world is... It's an interesting theory. I just don't know that I buy into it, that it's happening. Well, that, that's what other people other people said. If they wanted this planet that bad, they could just wipe us out. Obviously, if they had the technology to do all this, right. it would be nothing for mm-hmm. them to wipe us out. So, I mean, I always... I always this is just like me, but I always thought that if the president did meet with the aliens and they did this treaty, part of me thinks that there would have been a set number where like you can take 1000 people and, and test on them and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of me even wonders if that number was already hit and that everything up till then were actual abductions. And now the rest mm-hmm. is not actual abductions. I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about this ever since I started researching this stuff. So I don't know. Rhonda? Well, I've always thought that, um, you know, as huge as our universe is, and it seems like it's always growing, we cannot be. No, I mean, that's a given that we are not. Intelligent life out there. Right. Um, So, um, like you, Chris, I've never had any, you know, personal experiences with. Aliens, UFOs, um, but I can't, you know, the, the things I've read, the, the things I've seen or heard, I, you know, I, I do believe that there is something aliens <laughs> something, yeah, or, yeah. yeah, and that they are visiting our planet. Um, and like I just, you said, I, I, like you said, Kurt, I, you know, it, it freaks me out to think that, you know, there are people that are, you know, possibly being abducted and gives me the heebie-jeebies too. Um, and again, you know, knowing some of those people and, and knowing that, you know, they have no reason to be making this stuff up, you know, that, you know, their stories, you know, are credible. Yeah. You know, I I, I would hate to tell them that, no, you're nuts, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. you're just imagining or you dreamt it or, you know, because... I've never been in their shoes to, you know, to, but, to, to mm-hmm. prove or disprove. You know, going along with that, who knows how many of these people don't say anything just for the fact that right. they know people somebody is going to say you're nuts. They don't want to be ridiculed. Right. You know, so how many right. people out there are being abducted and don't say anything about it? You know, it could be way huger than we think it is. Yeah. Right. And I do believe that... Is huger a word? More huge. Yeah. I knew what you meant. Yeah. And I do believe that there is um, parts of our government that, that know things. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, about I know, would agree with that too. Alien life forms and right. UFOs and that, that are not sharing it. Yeah, um, sharing the information with us and and are in maybe cahoots or, you know, doing their own experiments and yeah, yeah. It's just I can't. I I still just don't buy that they come here in spaceships. I just don't. I just have a hard time with that. That there's, that's just too great of a distance and i think i do think it's a dimensional thing where they can just appear here and maybe that's where they take us i just i never liked the idea of somebody floating out of their bed out the window and into a yeah. spaceship mm-hmm. that just always seemed weird to me right we all travel via some kind of vehicle so that's how we imagine it happens yeah yeah, yeah right. exactly right. so it could be something like a dimensional thing that you can't even wrap your mind around right. so you make up these and i guess or that's I've the ne- imagery they give you because it's all you can handle yeah right yeah and i guess i've never thought of it that way Kurt that it could be interdimensional yeah I, I really and think, I think it that is that's I really fascinating, think it is you know yeah. kind of kind of gets me thinking yeah. you know maybe that is so how we all it's kind being of done. we all kind of agree that something is going on yeah oh yeah, yeah. I think so. cool 
I thought I was going to be the odd one out saying that something was going on. No. I just think there's too much to dismiss everything. Right. And like I said, I hate the fact that sleep paralysis is becoming a go-to for, for everything, everything paranormal. That happens, everything paranormal. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. every weather balloon is a chi- or every UFO is a Chinese lantern or a weather balloon or Venus. So you know, it's just too easy of a explanation. But right. I and I use the sleep paralysis as a reason, but I look for very specific markers in someone's story of what's happening to them. I don't just hear, "Oh, I was asleep and saw something in my room." I look for all the specific details that I've experienced that I know it's sleep paralysis. It is interesting how what happens in sleep paralysis and what happens during abduction are so similar though. Right. It really does. But does it account for every abduction right. story? I don't think so. Well, and like I said, I don't, I don't believe that all sleep paralysis experiences aren't paranormal. I'm sure some are. Oh, I'm sure some mine are just, too. I'm I sure don't some believe are too. for a second that mine are because yeah. I, I, yeah, I just don't. Yep. And I did before I knew what sleep paralysis was. I thought something really creepy was going on. And then I've when I learned never what it experienced was, it, and I don't, I don't think I'd I ever don't want, want to. to. No, I never want to. Sleep paralysis scary. freaks me out. Yep. Yuck. Scary. I remember my mom telling me a story um, quite a few years back that she must have had something happen like that to her. She had this sleep paralysis where she couldn't move, but she saw her body floating above her. Mm-hmm. And I know in some of the things, you know, the research I was, articles and stuff I was reading through for the podcast today that that was one of the, you know, some people have experienced that out of body. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, of course, in your mind starts, you know, it's like, oh, my God, was mm-hmm. <laughs> my mom abducted? But oh I don't know. No, I don't think it was anything <laughs> that crazy. There you go. Well, I'd love to know if any more strangers have had Yeah, have any of you guys had abduction experiences? We would love to know that. That would be something that we would be super interested to hear. Yeah. Or do you know anybody that believes they were abducted? I mean, I'm fascinated by this topic. I really am. And, and like I said, today we just barely touched the tip of it i mean there's a lot of stuff there and maybe save it for our listener story episode yes mm-hmm. call yeah, our if, hotline yeah. Yeah. call our hotline i love that you guys have a hotline i know I so awesome. i'm like really pumped <laughs> about that i might call it and leave a message i, I actually know. call <laughs> it myself a couple times just to call <laughs> it and like cool like ghostbusters <laughs> so there you go alien abductions what do you guys think yay or nay do you know anybody that's happened to has it happened to you what are your theories what are your theories what are your thoughts on it Get back to us and let us know. Sweet. And we got time for a listener question. Do we have listener questions? We were I running low we, on listener questions. I believe we do. Okay. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. I love the questions about music. So this is going to be a music-related question. I don't... People really seem to like the and music And then I'm going to like forget to bring something up and I'll have to clear it on... <laughs> clarify it on Facebook. <laughs> what is... What is your favorite song, each of you? I mean, Rhonda's going to be included too. What is your favorite song from the 1970s, the 1980s, and the 1990s? I'm older, so I don't care about anything after that. <laughs> oh my gosh. The 70s? 70s, 80s, and 90s. Okay. Here's the thing. I have a song I, that came I, to I, mind, but I don't know if it's from the 70s, so I have to look it up. I feel like can... I actually know these because I think about this kind of stuff a lot. Okay. But my, my favorite songs change like on a constant basis. Huh. What do you guys think? It's so hard. My, um. my favorite song from the 70s. Uh, there's a couple of them. My favorite song from the 1970s, I would go with the song Ventura Highway by the group America because I love that song. To me, a favorite song is a song that when it starts playing and I hear it, it like instantly makes everything better or there's like a feeling associated with it. Hmm. And the song Ventura Highway by America 
the one the first the first strum of the acoustic guitar that's like one of my things i love you have to play it for me because i have no idea what song you're talking about right now <laughs> it took me a while but now I'd, um i'll edit this part out but i will play you Okay, you know. I played it for Krista. She you know. knows what song I'm talking about. They do yes, it on do. SNL. It was actually like sampled in a Mariah or a Janet oh, yeah, Jackson yeah, yeah. song. Do. It's it's the, the lead into the, um, the. I know what you're talking about. Like the, the we took the 472. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ventura yeah. Highway. California. Seriously, California. Yes, Californians. Yeah. Yeah, Ventura what Highway is my. What are you doing here? Ventura Sorry. Highway is my favorite '70s song. That's one of my all-time favorite songs. I love the song. Look it up on YouTube if you don't know it. I could say the entire um, Dazed and Confused soundtrack. Yeah, pretty much. Actually, the song that popped in my head, I just looked it up. It's from the late 60s, so <laughs> I can't use it. You got to come up with it 70s. It was Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix, by the way. Um, I'm going to say, because of the movie, um, Aerosmith's Sweet Emotion. Sweet Emotion is I a hear good that, song. That I'm not a big intro? Aerosmith fan. No, yep, me either, but, but that intro. Sweet Emotion to me is always the opening of Dazed and Confused. Uh, yeah, so that driving always, into the parking yeah. lot at school. Yep. I grin every time I hear yep. it. Yep. Rhonda, 70s? Um, two that I can think of. Um, Debbie Boone's You Light Up My Life. <laughs> oh, boy. And right. Ben by Michael Jackson. I have never heard the song Ben <gasps> by Michael Jackson. I, I have, have never heard that song. Oh my God. I see it referenced a lot, but I have never heard it. It's such a good song. I'll, I'll have, have to look to it up. It. Okay. So that's our 70s pick. 80s. My 80s pick? I don't pick? really like 80s music, so this is hard. Oh, God. I grew, I grew up in the grew 80s. I grew up in the 80s. There's, I still don't like 80s music. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Going with, going with my idea of a favorite song is that when I first hear what song it is, it just makes me feel something, like, good. For me, even though I'm not, like, a hardcore fan of theirs, I'm going to go with the song With or Without You by U2 hmm. because I Such love that song. That's a good song. Very good song. Yep. So that's my 80s pick is With or Without You. So I could pick like a whole bunch of Michael Jackson songs because <laughs> hit my favorite Michael Jackson era is the 80s, like Rock With You, Thriller. Rock With You is pretty funky. Billie Jean. I love Billie Jean. I was a huge fan I'm going to go with Billie Jean. That's like one of my, yeah, that's my a huge fan of Michael probably Jackson all-time too. favorite Michael Jackson So we got song. With or Without You, Billie Jean. Um... So much good music in the eighties and nineties. Um, probably, um, "Save a Prayer" by Duran Duran. That's a good song. "Save a Prayer" um, is a good song. Huge Duranny. You and Kathy. <laughs> you and Kat. Yep. Shout out to Kat. I still remember mm-hmm. being in her basement one night, drunk, <laughs> with a couple other people, and she had like their videos. Oh yeah. On a VHS, yep. and we watched them like five or six times in a row. So yeah, Save a Prayer is a good song. I just, I'm going to stick my foot in my mouth, but my favorite Beastie Boys album I thought came out in the early 90s, but it's Paul's Boutique that came out in the late 80s. So Paul's I, Boutique came out in the 80s? Yeah, I cannot even believe that. the Violent Femmes? Oh, right? They, Wisconsin love, Natives. Yes. I love Shake Your Rump from Shake Paul's Boutique. Yo, yep. rump. My favorite 90s song is a little harder because there's a lot of, like, I love Third Eye Blind. I'm a hardcore Third Eye Blind blind fan and they were around in the 90s but if my 90s song that evokes a feeling in me when i hear what song it is i'm gonna go with everlong by foo fighters oh, because i love that song that's a great song that is a great it's song. a really great song so that's my 90s pick oh see this is hard i know right so the 90s <laughs> they're both looking at their phones i, I know songs. 
Well, I I discovered the Beastie Boys in the nineties, and also um, Three Eleven. I'm a huge Three Eleven fan. I talked about. I started listening to them in the late nineties. Not 90s. a fan of Three Eleven. But you don't. You never listen to their music. I'm no. telling you right now. They've only had a handful you. of songs on the radio, and they have a huge discography that nobody's aware of. I anyway, would check them out. There's a song on the Beastie Boys album "Check Your Head" called "Jimmy James." And my husband's name is Jim, and I've always <laughs> called him Jimmy James. So that's it's my probably my favorite song on that album. But also, like I said, Three Eleven came up with some really great stuff back then. Their best stuff is from like the late nineties. So, what's your nineties song, Jimmy James? Yeah, Jimmy James by the Beastie Boys. I never heard it. I'll have wow. to check that. Out. I like the Beastie Boys a lot. It's the first song on Check Your Head. So, Rhonda. Um, probably again, so much, so much good music. Um. One of my favorites um, would probably be Don't Speak by No Doubt. Oh, really? Nice. Mm-hmm. That is a great song. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of that song. I love that song. I loved Walking in a Spider Web, but I think that oh, was later God. than that. I know. Like, it's so hard to pick one because there's, there's so, so much, so good, much actually good, good grunge music that came out. I love Pearl Jam. I loved Pearl Jam. Actually, Metallica released the Black Album in the 90s, which is like my favorite Metallica album. See, this is too hard. You know what I've been listening to a lot lately is version 2.0 by Garbage. I really like oh, really? Garbage. Yeah. Courtney one Love. Of their songs. No. No. I'm no Shirley Manson. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a Courtney Love fan. No. I think. Shirley Manson. Yes, you're right. Garbage. I always think of the music video when they're in the, the rocket ships yeah. or something. That's for uh, special. That's for the song yes. special. Yeah. yeah, I really like. 90s were I my favorite era of music we've talked about this is the 70s i love 70s music so the 70s was easy for me i mean is venture highway but another one i love is the song blue sky by allman brothers band mm-hmm. that's like such a good song yes, so i, song. I could seen name them live i could name so a, good. a ton of 70s songs i like but when you get to 90s it's i feel like it's not as good i I think they did good stuff in the 90s. If you can get past like boys to men and stuff like that. Hey, hey, hey. Don't be knocking on the boy band. Girl. Every song started with (laughs) girl. So there you go. Thank you for the question. People seem to like the music questions. Yeah. Even though though it gets us bad ratings because I I badmouth Led Zeppelin and Red Hot Chili Peppers. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Krista's still annoyed about. It's okay. But so I think that's that. Want to give out our deets? Oh, our deets. You can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. And we've been getting emails from people who aren't strangers or on yeah, Facebook, so that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. We love uh, to hear we are from you guys. On Twitter as at Strange Session without the final S. We are on Instagram as the Strange Sessions. And if you want to send us something to our P.O. box, which would be really nice because we haven't gotten anything in there lately. I think the last thing we got was our pickle book. So thank you again for our pickle jokes, Eric. We will do one every episode. Yes. Uh, our P.O. Box address is The Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, M-A-N-I-T-O-W-O-C, Wisconsin, 54221-0434. And if you're not on Facebook and you want to be a stranger, hey, create just a, you know goofy handle and join Facebook just to be a stranger. Yes. I'm on Facebook with a name that's not my own just so I can be a stranger. I actually just joined Reddit this week because Sophie sends me tons of good links from Reddit. So I'm trying to figure Reddit Reddit out. Reddit is a rabbit hole, man. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to figure Reddit out 
but I'm finding lots of good stuff and I'm yeah. jotting down future episode ideas. So we are on Reddit now. I believe we're the strange sessions on Reddit. Oh, sweet. So there you go. Cool. You're just all over. I, we you are, guys are just out there. We are, we are out present. There. Love it. We are in there like swimwear. <laughs> so hey. on that note, Rhonda, thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks for having me again, You guys. will be back. We love you. I was we just kidding when I said too. this was your last time. And that I couldn't answer anything. <laughs> yes, I just you could, could not nod. talk. You could just nod. She was only allowed to nod. She could write something down if she wanted us to say it. <laughs> no laughing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so from Krista, Rhonda, and myself, until next time, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.